All right. We are on this special guest, super special guest Wednesday edition of Fave the Mahoney. We've got Joe Stapleton, who's the world's greatest uncle, with us. Um, I've got I've got a really nice outline here for us to go through, Joe. Uh, I just got a few housekeeping things to go over. Everybody, Edonk's here. Say hi, Edonk. Uh, What's quick going thing, on? Quick thank you to the Los Angeles Chargers. Sent me this jersey. They're the now the new unofficial official NFL team for Fade the Mahoney. Uh, housekeeping off a of Monday night. Edonk had a four and a half star play on the over which cashed by a couple of touchdowns. So good job out of you, Edonk. And uh, another housekeeping, uh, our Friday episode with Trevor Savage. Uh, we're still planning on doing that. Uh, in the future, we might be moving that to Thursday because nobody watches vlogs on uh, Friday afternoons. I'm learning that the hard way. So might change that to Thursday. Uh, everybody, Joe Stapleton right here. Howdy. Um. <clears throat> quick recap of the run of guests we've had recently we've had check raise charles we've had dgaf we've had uh joe's personal friend matt Kiefer was here uh last weekend uh we have uh better known as jason here uh next week big announcement uh the white whale we've been waiting for we've got one time from the dgf community is going to come on and break down some games uh, we have David Tuckman committed to coming on pretty soon. Uh, don't have a date lined up, but we're pretty excited about that. And then as always, uh, we always have the Edonk and Trevor Savage comes by quite often. So that's my recap. I'm not going to do the Joe Stapleton origin story. You can find that in a variety of podcasts or shows. Joe, you go on a lot of podcasts. You will say yes to anyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I have to stop doing that. It's weird because I'm trying not to um, – I'm not tr trying to be the guy that people could ever say he big-timed me. Oh, Joe Stapleton big-timed us. But now it's coming back to bite me in the ass when I accidentally do like a fucking white supremacy podcast. Don't ask them what it's about. Some shit like that. I need to start doing a little bit more homework uh, with these the things I say yes to, apparently. I'm getting in trouble. You paused for a really long time in between the words special and guest. You're like, oh. we have something very special. I mean, that might have been uh, subconsciously done, but definitely not not on, not on purpose. You are special. You're One other bone to pick. It has very little to do with you. This mug says world's okayest uncle, not greatest uncle. Oh. It says okayest. And when I when my niece gave me this, I lost my shit. I was like, okayest uncle, go fuck yourself. I don't have to be here. Your parents have to be here. I got a 29-year-old girlfriend at home. Okay. <laughs> you but I wanted the coffee, so I ended up with it. Well, your niece is obviously pretty funny. So that's She's good. four. She's four. I don't oh, think it was okay. I don't think she bought the mug. Something tells me it wasn't her. Probably, probably. Um uh, this right here is evidence that you say yes to just about anybody, yeah. but we do appreciate you coming on. The reason you're here is I've heard through a lot of uh, different channels that you are one of the greatest sports gamblers in the uh, poker oh, commentating yeah. space. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're excited for that. Um, I saw on Twitter you have a birthday coming up soon. So 
Happy birthday. I know you've, you. got, you've got big plans that day. You want to tell everybody what you're doing that day? I've got three comedy shows that week. I got comedy shows in North Hollywood, Los Angeles, uh, on the 6th, 8th, and 9th. And one of those days is on or near my birthday. Uh, so uh, that's that's my present if people want to come out. Thanks thanks for giving me a chance to make the plug. Sure. Sure. Um, uh so you're from Hollywood, huh? You're pretty big time. Oh, my God. I'm the biggest. I'm definitely the third or fourth biggest poker commentator in the world. So that's pretty know. good. <laughs> um, I also I want to uh, I appreciate your professionalism in that you actually stopped and did the pre-interview last week at Thunder Valley with Jimmy Donuts. Uh, most of our other people just want to hop on and wing it. Uh, you did the pre-interview. That was great. I really appreciated the shout out to the fade the Mona, fade the Mahoney fans, and you even stated that was definitely a thing. So uh, <laughs> that felt really good. I was it was actually awesome because this guy came up to me and he was like, "You're gonna be on the fade the Mahoney podcast," and I'm like, "Yeah." I, and then I was like, "Wait, maybe this podcast is huge, and I've just never heard of it before." And it's just like one of these internet things that like, and I'm like. So, and then after I did the little video with him, I went and looked it up and it turns out, nope, not huge. Mm, that's accurate. Not, that's accurate. Not huge. Just completely random. Not, not one of your huge. Fans, yeah. Not huge yet. Yet. Yeah, yet. of course. And by the way, I will joke about you not being huge. But however, having been on podcasts that went from being absolutely nothing to having a career of things that came from those podcasts, uh, it's entirely possible. And I wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank it means you. a lot. Um, I like to comment about how we live in the matrix and everything's connected. Jimmy Donuts has the only officially licensed merchandise t-shirt from Fade the Mahoney. Okay. It's the only one. We're still in prototype phase. Uh, it's a he, one of one. Yeah. He wore it at that event the day before you saw him and ended up on Poker News wearing that shirt. And then the next day he saw you and did the pre-interview. So that was pretty awesome. That's some great free press right there. <laughs> um, uh, that only cost him four bullets in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, uh, he had mentioned to you uh, the little Twitter beef that you and Matt Kiefer had. I'm not sure how big of a Twitter beef it is on your end. Um, I thought it was nice uh, the way you handled it professionally and said, your ring was inside while Matt's was outside. Your people had actually uh, connected with me and said, you're actually willing to take it outside. But at the same time, he said he was going to go inside. So it looks like we're just going to keep missing each other. But hopefully one day you guys will be able to connect and hash it out one way or another. I almost feel like at this point he keeps switching it to avoid me is what it feels like. I don't know. I, I mean – it seems like our people could have worked this out by now. It's been what? How many days we're going on here? 10, 10 days 14, of this. Something like yeah, that. I mean, 10 business days, right? If you really think about it, that's plenty of time for the corporate bean counters to figure out how they're going to make their their pound of flesh from this beef. But no, apparently we're going to have to drag it out a little bit longer. I mean... I guess an unsettled beef is an is an aging beef uh, in a good way. I don't know. 
Well, the E-Dong just wanted to make sure that if we ever get it scheduled, you got to give us a little bit of time because we got to set a line. We're going to have to bet on it. Of course. What, what kind of time would you need for to set a line like that? Six, seven minutes? Yeah. I mean, 10, okay. at, 10 at most. Okay. I got to get, get it out on Twitter, you know? Okay. Very good. And that that all uh, stemmed from... Uh, Home field the, advantage probably plays a lot in that. Well, Like the, where the location is. You mean the inside outside location of that location? Correct. Right. What city is it in? Correct. We would have to choose neutral ground, I think. How do you guys like, how do you guys feel about Calgary, Alberta, Canada? I mean it's okay. I was, I just, I was I thinking more like I can't imagine more like Topeka, Kansas. That's like halfway between Indianapolis and Hollywood. It feels okay, sure. I'd be down for that. I would do but if we're talking about spiritually halfway versus literally halfway, it's really way closer to Indianapolis, right? Yeah, probably Vegas would be best. Vegas sounds good. Should we just do it at the MGM? Yeah, and, and I'm sure game? we can book it. I'm sure we can book it. Wait, uh, we have to go somewhere with a retractable dome, and that way it can be inside and outside. Mm, half, half. Just keep half the dome, the yeah, ha yeah, halfway open. Good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, that all came from the movie Card Counter. Um, it appears that not much, not much poker TV or now Hollywood movies get made without you being involved. So congratulations. Thank on you. That's cool. Yeah. Success. I like that. I'm, I, it should be more, but I'm okay with the press amount. You have, uh, you have really big shoes to fill as the, uh, guest handicapper on, uh, fade the Mahoney this week. Cause last week again was Matt Kiefer. I think he did like four or five games. He broke down his uh, sports betting system that includes a hybrid of blackjack and sports betting. Oh, cool. completely revolutionary. Uh, he got every single game wrong. Everyone. So I'm free rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it fits the brand of the show. He, he did what he was supposed to do. So that got was it. really okay. good. And our, Wait, my so it's better if I get them all wrong. Uh, it just you know, seems it's the worst. If I, if I go like two and three, right? Like that's just, You'd be, if like, if you got two right, you'd be the best guest handicapper we've had so far. Nice. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, you got Tuckman coming in next. Don't worry. He uh, he he thinks he's a real expert. Oh, really? Oh, he's a sharp? Yeah, Tuckman hosts like gambling shows. This is excellent. I'm very excited about Other brands. Brands, okay. I'm very, I'm very jealous. Yeah, I think it's okay. you know, sponsors him doing doing picks and he gets like free casino shit which is always nice anyway okay uh last part about matt Kiefer. he's actually uh as he had mentioned on his show uh he's working on some stuff for poker rags okay right there yep really yeah. really cool stuff uh edoc any idea when it's going to come out i saw the uh first uh maybe possibly last version of it uh this morning via email so it should be out if uh, the entire group uh, approves it, it should be out um, probably probably pretty soon, probably within 24, 48 hours. Cool. It was pretty good. It's pretty funny. It was a uh, nice, um, nice production, um, and it, it kind of represents what uh, what uh, Poker Rags is all about. Cool. Shout out Matt Kiefer. Shout out Wolf of Wall Street. All those other ones. Um, all right. Uh, first and foremost, this is a sports gambling show. We're going to get to some picks in a minute. 
but I asked for some questions from uh, our loyal viewers and listeners. So uh, Joe, if it's okay for by you, I'm uh, gonna just pile down some of these uh, questions and you answer which ones you want and tell me to fuck off if you don't wanna answer them, cool? In the, in the words of my favorite friend, Matthew Perry, let's get rolling. All right, number one, how much do you love poker stars? <laughs> how much do I love poker stars? I love poker stars a lot, and I'm not just saying that this time. Uh, I've had, I've always loved poker stars. I've had times when I've been, you can be angry with someone you love. You can be, um, but currently everything at poker stars is going awesome. I barely get in trouble anymore. Uh, I we are sort of in sync with our sensibilities at this point with the kinds of stuff they think I should be doing versus the kind of stuff I think I should be doing. We're more aligned than ever in that particular aspect because that's something where sometimes you can be unaligned with your boss and with a big company about uh, what you think you should be doing and what they think you should be doing. And that's lined up now more than ever, which has just been great because I'm always been proud of the work that we do. But now I am proud and enthusiastic more regularly uh, than I have been at other times. And I'm just like, or also because I'm just working so much more with them, right? You know, I was a, a freelancer with Poker Stars for a really long time. And when you go a couple months without working for somebody, you can sort of have an issue with that, too. So now that, you know, we're all on the same page, like spiritually about what we think poker should be, and uh, we're all. Uh, on the same page, quite literally, contractually, um, that helps too. So I, I'm I'm soup. I'm I'm like a a great relationship, right? That somehow, like in its tenth year, is stronger than ever. Um, that that's really what it feels right like right now. And I'm so grateful you gave me the chance to answer that question. <laughs> Completely organic. Just one of the uh, viewer fewer questions that I had. I know I know they're psyched that you're on this show today. I know they're big fans of Faith I, and Mahoney. I hope so. I hope so. I, uh, I I did blur out my Poker Stars background just in case uh, this ended up being a white supremacy podcast. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's usually the second hour. So, um, all right. Uh, do you have, do you yet have any official affiliation with any sports gambling sites? Uh, not, not officially directly, but... Flutter Entertainment now owns Poker Stars, which also owns a whole bunch of sports betting type things. It's all part of one big family oh, now. Okay. And uh, so I'm associated with those brands, but not – I'm affiliated but not associated. I don't know. They may mean the same thing. But Flutter? We got, yeah, we got stuff like FanDuel, right? FanDuel is owned by the same – company that owns poker stars i don't know they seem like a sports betting thing and then there's fox bet yeah uh they're also part of the family and i've I, heard of FanDuel. yeah FanDuel's FanDuel. i've heard of yeah um i you i usually say uh right about now we're not sponsored by DraftKings, but today i'll say we're not sponsored by FanDuel. how about uh, that okay yeah, well, you definitely can't be sponsored by DraftKings or I have to leave immediately. Oh, I'm definitely not. Okay, great. Wonderful. Definitely not. Um, so, yeah, so there are, you know, there's there's some sports betting in the family, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to be involved a little bit because I think I have uh, things to add to any broadcast or sort of uh, type of gambling-style show. 
Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, hopefully the brands can do some stuff together. FanDuel, PokerStars, FoxBet. Okay. We're trying. Well, if you're as good at uh, picking NFL games as I've heard you are, I'm sure they'll utilize oh, yeah. you. Absolutely. Utilize you I'm going to be, be on Fox Sports pretty soon. <laughs> and coming up at 8, the PokerStars Players Championship. Coming up at 9, Stapes football picks is football sports still it is right it is it is yeah we're going to talk about that in a little bit um uh you're probably aware you're on tv a lot you're on tv it doesn't a lot. feel like a lot oh it kind of feels like a lot do you have any idea how long before you pass regis for uh most hours <laughs> on tv honestly i have thought about this before and you know there's probably some absolute giants that nobody's thinking of because you don't think of them, right? Like whoever hosts the fucking C-SPAN call-in show probably has me, you know, I'll never catch that person. But I do have to be up there mm -hmm. as far as like hours of, of broadcasting on television if you count all of the different channels and reruns and incarnations of the show and all the countries that they've been on in. Uh, and then also as when it comes to like YouTube – I figure like I'm in I've been viewed quite a few times on YouTube. It's never something I really brag about, like if I'm trying to score a bigger job or a stand up gig, but I probably have a billion views on YouTube, uh if you add up all of the different web content that's sort of you know, there's not a lot that's gone viral, but if you add it all up, all the episodes, all the clips, all the whatever, I gotta be out there a decent amount. It's it's funny you mention that because I'm like, how do I, but how do I monetize that? Like, how do I get paid for that? And the answer is, I don't know. Well, I, the unofficial well, hopefully, tally. Hopefully this, hopefully this propels you to it's more, this more, podcast. Yes. More okay. gigs. Unofficial tally is Regis Philbin, Larry King, and then Joe Stapleton. That's <laughs> what I had for one, two, and three. I like that. Thank you. That's cool. All right. Uh, uh, this, this question is uh, basically for uh, uh, me and E-Dog. Uh, we are becoming pretty famous. It's hard to walk down the street, go to the grocery store. We for sure can't go into a sports book or a poker room without getting uh, some sort of recognition. Since you're our first big Hollywood star, you're our first blue check mark on Twitter. What? Any any advice you could give to us as we're dealing uh, with the fame that comes along with successful show like this? I'm sorry, you're asking for advice dealing with the fame rather than advice on how to get the fame? I can definitely, yeah, no, I can definitely, because this one will be a lot easier. Um, stay true to yourself. Stay humble. Mm -hmm. um, try to make sure that uh, the management of your fame doesn't uh, interfere with the real relationships in your life. And if it does make sure you're with someone who who truly understands that and doesn't grow to resent you for it mm. right because like part of part of uh being wildly successful is that there are a lot of people that want a piece of your time and as a nice person you might want to give it to all of them mm. but you may you know time is not infinite so sometimes you end up borrowing time from other people like maybe edonk right you guys are supposed to go on a picnic and you're like, ah, but I really got to do this photo shoot for Vogue. And E-Donk probably understands the first time, the second time. But after a while, you know, E-Donk's going to start feeling like he's second banana. And uh, 
which he might be already. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Edonk's uh, the star. Edonk's the star. Okay, right, exactly. And so, anyway, I realized that that metaphor didn't really work because we're talking about you two. Anyway, I, I crossed... I crossed the streams there, but you get what I'm saying. I got it. You, I got, you got it. You got to make sure that you uh, that you that you still make time for the people who were there back when you were a normie. Okay, well that's helpful. Um, yeah, don't don't ghost me for your picnics, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, this this question is really important. Um, as uh, as a big time player in Hollywood, I assume that LeBron James consulted with you before he changed his jersey number. During it, doing it during the playoffs after he got knocked out, some people didn't like, but what were your thoughts on it? Well, it wasn't even – not that he consulted me. It was more that I just said, yo, it's time to make a change. It's time to uh, – we need a little bit of a hex breaker. We got to just do something to reinvent ourselves. And I was like, look, I'm not too fussed about the number. Uh, if I If it were up to me, I would say 69. Mm. Uh, but uh, 69, he shot down 69 and he shot down 420. So we settled mm. on, um, six, six. Yeah. We settled on six and, uh, yeah. So it was, you know, again, it was just the two of us being on the same page. It's not like he consulted okay. me. It's not like I told him he had to do it. It's just like, I said it and he was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then, you know, less on the same page about what number to choose, but he ended up going with the first number I said, which was six, six yeah. D nine. <laughs> Um, but he took, he took the sixth suggestion and ran with it, which I think ultimately is probably the right decision. All right. Well, I'm going to reevaluate my opinion that he's a completely self-centered and selfish person for making the announcement during the playoffs right after they got bounced out. Uh, and I'll just blame, I'll just blame you since it's, uh, it might've been been like one of those T-Mobile commercials where like you get the, the nine part of the 69 was bleeped out and he just heard it and he just said six and he's just abbreviating know, yeah right, exactly I, and, and and mike you are correct to assume i mean you know as far as someone who manages to keep the attention on himself even though he should be you know just being quiet for a little while that's that's right out of my playbook yeah yeah so keep the spotlight where it belongs right my stank was all over that so i mean like oh wait you're out of the spotlight hold on a second let's let's misbehave slightly Let's break. Let's make sure everyone's still paying attention to us for a little bit. That's right out of the old Stapes playbook. Even though he was knocked out of the playoffs. Correct. Anyway, okay. Um, uh, There's a kingmaker on Twitter. Goes by the name of Chad McVean. Yeah, Uh, sure, sure. uh, I know know Chad. He sent me a few questions, uh, mostly relating to your stand-up comedy career. (laughs) Okay. He wanted to know. In your opinion, the best comedian that we haven't heard of, who do you, who do you th- who do you hang out with? That's really funny. That oh, uh, man. no one the knows. Best it. comedian that we ha- that you haven't heard of. Let's. Who do I love? I've got it. I've got a secondary question. If you want to think on that one for a bit, I'm going to. No, I'm just going to say um, there is a guy, only because he's the most recent comedian who's hilarious that you've never heard of i went to an open mic last night and there's a guy that performs there every week named uh dylan sabiza and he always cracks me up every single week is an open mic that's like very hit or miss and there's a couple of comics that are like genuinely very funny people dylan sabiza is one of them sean hyatt is another one um a guy named uh danielle soto is another 
There's a guy named Patrick, and I can't remember his last name. I feel so bad because he reads off of note cards, and he's it, it actually really works. Uh, Matt Bell. All comedians I saw last night who were very, very funny. Um, and, yes, you would have never heard of them because I think the biggest gig that some of them have ever played is like a barber shop. All right. Well, I will do my best to uh, find them on Twitter and tag them when I post this, so maybe they'll appreciate a little bit of love. Uh, cool. He had a follow-up question. Um, it's Everybody knows how you love to trash certain municipalities, famously Philadelphia. You, you agree with Edonk that uh, Orlando is a toilet bowl, minus if you take out. I, I mean, I don't know what you're referencing, but I, 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 and you could be referencing exactly this. One time on Poker Night in America, I said Philadelphia is a garbage town for garbage people. And the next morning, I woke up to death threats on Twitter. Yeah, that's so, what I'm referencing. Okay, yeah, cool. That's exactly cool, cool, it. Cool, 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 cool. Where's the worst place to do comedy? Uh, L.A. <laughs> L.A. is definitely the worst place to do comedy. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck in L.A. And if your show's cheap, they even give even less of a fuck. Like, if you have free... Like, when I did comedy in London, free show would be packed. Absolutely packed. People are like, free comedy? Hell yeah, sign me the fuck up. In L.A., unless the ticket's $25, no one's interested. They're like, free? Ah, I don't know. Uh-uh, probably not any good. Um, L.A. is the worst place to do comedy. Yes. Okay. That's good. Um, I got a, I got a question here from B Funk. It says, "Why are you doing an interview with such a jerk?" Oh, uh, that's <laughs> oh, no. that's that's to me. I pre-read this. Um, <laughs> B Funk, he's a really really good guy, but he bets a lot of sports, and he bets a lot of sports with me, and he never wins. So um, I think it'd be nice if you could maybe just give some words of encouragement to B Funk about how things will get better, and even though he thinks he's a total loser, maybe he's not. B-Funk, let me tell you something. There is absolutely no guarantee it will ever get better. Um, you could lose every sports bet for the rest of your life. Uh, I know this because I haven't won a hand of poker, a hand of poker since 2020, okay? you There's literally no law that says you can't lose every single thing you ever participated. How So, now this... This isn't really like a lift up. This is more like a letdown. But I'm going to tell you, this This is why. You got to have fun with the process. You got to have fun doing it, making the bet, watching the game, having the sweat, playing the hand of poker, and the winning and losing, just take it out of the equation. Is winning more fun? Yes. But you got to enjoy the ride because there's nothing that says you'll ever win another bet again for the rest of your life. And if you can't do that... Go on and live the rest of your life. Go do something else. He's when the when when the fun stops, you got to call a one eight hundred number. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I that was partially meant to be a, a, a responsible gambling uh, tirade, but also genuinely genuine life advice. Just okay. you got to just have fun with the thing. Well, he is a step ahead of you because he has already taken the winning out of it. So <laughs> he's he's halfway there. Um, Keep your head up, B Funk. It'll get better. And don't you dare ignore me on Sunday morning. We got we got stuff to do. All right. Um, the gentleman that you met at um, the Run Good tournament in Thunder Valley—that's what it was, yeah. right? Run Good. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Donuts. Uh, he appeared to only get about five percent of the questions out that he wanted to ask you. Uh, so he sent me a he sent me a bunch of other ones. Um, I don't know if I can handle ninety-eight more questions. No, I'm just I'm just gonna do this one. Uh, um, 
how was living in England? Was living in England good or are they all just a bunch of cunts? That seemed like just an excuse to drop a C-bomb in the form of a question, but I absolutely loved living in England. It was so much fun. Look, I had a dream life. I was working like two or three days a week. I was doing stand-up comedy. I was, you know, so I had like expendable income, expendable time. I had an American accent. London is full of not just Lundish, English girls, uh, but 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 girls from all over the world and I dated up a storm and I had a really, really good time. And the vibe over there is super chill. America's very uptight about a lot of things, right? Us being at our, each other's throats all the time, constantly pissed off. Uh, it's not as much like that over there. Everyone's like way more chilled out and they start drinking at like three o'clock in the afternoon every day. So it's just uh, it was a great vibe. It was it was probably three of the best years of my life. OK, so not cunts. Good. No, I mean, yes, there are some like anywhere else, but up, but there you can get away with saying that word as a friend to mm -hmm. a friend to somebody, right? So it's not they're not like Australians, but the Scottish are pretty uh, are pretty fond of using it in a positive way. All right, um, uh, this one I'm just coming out of left field. I'm not sure if you'll be ready for it, but uh, Trevor Savage and I last week we had a very nuanced conversation about. Taylor Swift and her okay. best songs. Do you have Do you have one that you like better than the rest? You know, I think Taylor Swift is like super, super talented, and uh, have no issues with her music, and find myself bopping along. But I'm not like an album listener for basically any band, so I, I'm not going to know any deep cuts. But I do like Blank Space. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a solid tune. Um, that's an excellent answer. It is yeah. number two for me. So. What's your I'm, number I'm, one? Oh, the only the only answer is all too well. All too well is I'm sure I would know it, but I don't know it from you saying it. Should I just listen to it really quick? Yeah, real quick. No, it's like six or seven minutes. It's basically uh, it's supposed to be the song she wrote about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's like oh, okay. it's uh, should I listen to the Grammy performance or to like uh, like the the music video? The Grammy performance is that the one where at the end she ends up with a tear rolling down her cheek? I mean, I don't know. This looks pretty iconic. <laughs> this one, the Grammy performance looks pretty iconic. Yeah. Hold on, I'm watching a commercial about a baby using a phone. Okay, here we go. I'm skipping ahead a little. It's a really really sad song. Uh, this is a great song and a great performance, and it's giving me chills right now, her throwing her head back like this over and over again. But I don't know the song. Okay. I don't think, well, if you can make some can, time. Make some time in the day. This song fucking slaps, though. It does. It's the best. Okay, good. We got yeah. the Taylor Swift conversation out of the way. Uh, okay. What was your inspiration for coming up with the phrase, chip in a chair? You know, it was just we were watching this poker tournament in 2014, and um, this guy was down to it wasn't one chip, but he was down to just a little bit. And I was thinking to myself and I was like, you know, in poker, like you're never you're never really out until you're out. Right. Like mm -hmm. there's still always a chance. And then I was like turning this and I'm like working it out on the air live. You know, I'm just saying the stream of consciousness. And then I'm like, you know, all it really takes is is a chip and a chair. And right then, Hardigan was like, he knew we had something. We were just like, oh, my God, like that, that's going to be a thing. And now I hear people say it all the time, like anytime I'm in a live casino, uh, sometimes online, but mostly live, anytime someone's short, it's like, hey, all it takes is a chip and a chair, and I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. 
I don't say anything about it. Like I don't I don't need the credit for it, but I'm just makes I walk by and I'm like, Oh, it makes me happy that people But all you these deserve years, You all deserve these years, the credit. You deserve yeah, no, the credit. No, I don't no, I don't want the credit. Look, I'm not gonna lie and say I didn't invent all it takes as a chip in a chair. But I don't need the credit either. I need to go over and like, hey, that's my phrase. I just quietly, I just like smile to myself, like contentedly. I'm like, that's you good. could monetize it. Just, just a thought. Merch, merch is where the money's at. <sighs> is it really? I don't like. I've I, no offense to you guys. I'm always like, ah, do I want to be a guy that sells merch? Hmm. Do I really want to be a merch guy, uh, and it just comes across so. Um, you'll just to have me, your, you'll have your your people do it. It'll be fine. It, it comes across so profitable. I think that's what I don't like about <laughs> it. <laughs> So you got to stay away from that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I need to be in debt forever. Um, uh, a week ago or so, um, the, I ended one of our shows by recommending to people, this was right after Norm MacDonald died, I recommend they go to that day's Adam Carolla show. They replayed like a 20, 25-minute clip where Adam and uh, Norm were riffing on uh, Kenny Rogers songs and the lyrics, and it's like oh, I I, I listened to that live. It's from the my funniest car that it's day, like the... and I remember pulling my car over. I was laughing so hard. I was almost late for work. I was working for Mad TV at the time, mm -hmm. and Norm's like, he's like, he's like, no when to walk away, no, no when to run. When would you? When would you ever have to run from a poker table? I don't know. Like that's what I remember from 15 years ago or whatever. I don't know if that line is in there how badly my memory's fucked it up but yeah dude i remember listening to the live and thinking this is the funniest guy it, it uh, many times this is the funniest person in the entire world and that was before i was even a poker player i was still uh just working in hollywood at that point so it didn't even resonate as much with me now as uh, then as it would now well that that particular clip that i listened to was uh i think the song was coward of the county and they literally just went on for 20 minutes. It's the funniest thing you could ever listen oh, to. Oh, it wasn't the gambler they were talking not, about. Not, not the Kenny particular, not oh, the particular okay. awesome. one. Awesome. Great. To. So it's something new. I, yeah. Awesome. I can't yeah. wait to go listen I'll, to uh, it. I'll do my best to put a link down below for anybody who wants to listen to it. It's so funny. But I know you personally knew and worked with Norm. So I was hoping you could share any anything funny to remember him by. Uh, sports gambling would be great. But anything you got. Yeah, sure. I just before I go into that, I just want to say that I have so much to say about Norm and I haven't really been that comfortable to say it publicly because I don't know if public is the right place to do it. But I do want to make it clear that like Norm was an incredibly important and special figure in my life and his death uh, still I still have not really come to grips with it. Uh, I'm still very I wasn't I, I've gotten only gotten more upset over it, to be honest, hmm. over the last week or so. So anyway, not to be a downer, I got great Norm stories, uh, one of uh, a couple of which that involve sports betting. Now, sometimes there's like some sad Norm sports betting stories or like concerning Norm sports betting stories. I'm only going to tell you the happy ones. Well, not necessarily okay. the happy ones, but the uh, the the more fun ones, we'll say. The first one was that the first time I ever hung out Norm McDonald in person was at the PCA in the Bahamas, and he was sweating some football game. And he's like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. And, and I'm in his, his hotel room, and I've never met him before, and he's, like, taking a bath in this game. 
and I'm not really much of a sports guy, but his team is down by a lot with uh, a bunch of – with not that much time left to go, and I know there's no way he's going to win this bet. And I don't want to be in the room – when uh when the when it when the game is over and we've been talking about playing poker and I'm like I'm going to go get us some poker chips from somewhere and I'm timing my exit for this so I miss the end of this game and come back you know at least when he's had because I don't know what he's like I have no idea if he's going to be angry if he's going to trash the room if he's going to be sad if he's going to not want to hang out so I leave the room and when I come back what had happened was the team that um, was losing by so much, um, they were losing by so much that they, like, pulled their kicker or something. I don't know. Something crazy happened, and they, Norm ended up winning the bet. It was, like, insane. Like, some insanely – like, something about him losing so badly caused the other team to do something weird, and he ended up covering. I think he covered the spread. Uh, he didn't need the team to win. Um, yeah, because they stopped going for field goals or whatever. Anyway, he won the bet, and I was like, okay, great, wonderful, thank God. Um, except he was mad at me for not being there. Because <laughs> he wanted when, to share it. When he won, right. He's like, you missed it. I'm like, shit, god damn it. Um, cut to about a year and a half later, and I'm opening for Norm on the road, and – Norm was incredibly generous with me in many ways, one of which being stage time. Now, when I'm opening for him, I'm supposed to do 20 minutes. And Norm was like, the first time I did it, sorry, the first time I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to do 10 minutes. And he's like, I want you to start with 15. And then another guy's going to go on. And then I want you to do another 10 after that. That's now, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yes, it's a lot, especially because I'm technically doing more time than the feature, who's only doing 20, and I'm supposed to be the lowest guy on the totem pole, right? It's supposed to be like 10, 20 hour, really, is how it's supposed to go. Um, So Norm's like, yeah, no, I want you to do 15, then I want you to do 10. And what I didn't realize was the reason he was giving me so much time was because he was watching the end of a game. Of course, of course, yes. (laughs) And he wanted – and then so – the very first night I do this, I like I, I do my 15 minutes. The feature comes on. I do my 10 minutes. I come out. And I'm like, sorry guys, still not Norm. And they like are because they're like kind of pissed at this point. They're in overtime. Um, what are you gonna do? Right, exactly. Like no, we didn't. No, we we came to see Norm. Like not not you and him, and especially not you twice. Mm-hmm. So uh, luckily I didn't do the same material, but. The best part of this is I do my other 10 minutes. I'm like, at the end, I'm like, you guys excited for Norm McDonald? And the crowd's whipped into a frenzy now, right? They're really, really ready for him. And I go, ladies and gentlemen, Norm McDonald. And I, he doesn't come out. And I go backstage and I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? And he's like, I need like two more minutes. <laughs> so I had to go out a third time. And luckily I had this. This um this Tiger Woods joke that I, it's about Norm's sports betting, and this 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 Tiger Woods joke about how I I love spending time with Norm, but I I don't know I don't watch sports, so I can't really relate to him but when the games are on, and I end up just sounding like an idiot. I'm like, we were watching Tiger Woods. I'm like, boy, he really hit it straight, huh? 
Yeah, I, I don't know how to comment on it. So I had like a couple extra Tiger Woods jokes in my back pocket and and Norm came out and everyone went crazy. But yeah, a couple of a couple of more fun Norm sports betting stories. Well, that's great. That's great. He uh, he's the best, like legitimately the funniest person ever. And it's very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it's weird because when I've wanted to talk about it publicly, I want to say he was the funniest person ever. Um and I realize that comedy is so subjective and a lot of people uh, might take issue with that. And I don't really want, I don't like reply guys. I don't like the people being like, he's not even close. So then I, I want to tweet like one of the funniest people ever. And then I'm like, no, that's he's belongs in it. Some category between that. Right. Like it, it, in my opinion, he belongs in the funniest person possibly ever. When I say ever, I mean, through all time, uh, definitely the funniest person alive as of two weeks ago um but there needs to be something like if you want to qualify it with one of the funniest people of all time you're gonna be like out of like a hundred percent in the top five right like no argument there's no there are no five other people funnier than him in any era of comedy his dedication his dedication to whatever he was doing did, have you seen the clip when he went on the view Oh my God! Yes, of course. The, when yes. he says the Clintons are murderers, and he just keeps doing it over and over. He's just, yes, he's he's so dedicated. He's so dedicated. He got himself fired from uh, SNL, right? So it's not the only thing he got himself fired from. from being <laughs> dedicated. He's the best. All right. Well, thanks for sharing those. I have a similar question from um, Average Size Robert. He was wondering if you had a a, a funny uh, Gavin Gavin story you could share with us. I don't have a funny Gavin Smith uh, sports betting story because, again, it's just not something I ever, like, really paid attention to when I was at that age. Um, when I was first on the scene, we were just sort of um, poker-focused, and honestly, I was just trying to keep my head above water financially because I was hanging around with a bunch of degenerate gamblers, and I was, you know, 25 or 26 years old making $500 a week. So, Degenerate, uh, degenerate gambler stories will work. So – Here's something funny is that we so we used to have a a recurring segment on my podcast called Sandy the Degenerate Fuck. And it would be a degenerate story like this week Sandy got drunk in the sports book and pooped in the middle of the room, right? And and uh Sandy was gender genderless. It would always be so you couldn't tell if it was sure. a man or a woman. Sandy did this, Sandy did that, Sandy did that, Sandy did that. And the God's honest truth is that every single story was Gavin. <laughs> every one there was it was supposed to be like a different you know degenerate gambler story every week it was gavin 100 percent of the time it was always a gavin story and some people knew that some people thought that every once in a while we'd mix in somebody else nope mm -hmm. every single one was gavin and gavin also uh was a part of the prop bet that put me on the map uh i was involved in a prop bet I was a member of the poker media, but I was involved in a World Series of Poker prop bet where I had to get two spray tans a day for 10 days straight. Uh, and four people contributed $500 to this prop bet. Joe Seabach, John Caldwell, who uh, was the founder of Poker News, Brian Lemke, a professional poker player. I don't think he plays too much on the circuit anymore. And Gavin Smith was the last person to do that. And I got a lot of attention for this at the World Series of Poker back in 2007, I want to say. 
And uh, all of a sudden, people knew who I was. People, people uh, it was just like, oh, he's tan guy. Oh, the prop bet tan guy. Prop bet, prop bet tan guy. Um, Norman Chad knew who I was. Jeffrey Pollock knew how I was, who I was. And I was just doing it for the money. I was like $2,000 uh, was a, a whole month's pay for me. So, sure. um, but yeah, so Gavin, you know, was, was instrumental in, uh, in my, you know, sort of journey. My, po- my journey from, from being a tournament reporter to being uh, the sixth or seventh best poker commentator in the world. Hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Should we do some picks? That's what everybody's here for. That that Let's was all. Pre- that was all preamble. Let's do some NFL picks. Um, uh, uh, being in contact with your team over the past several weeks, um, you wanted to wait till week four because yeah. you wanted you wanted the first three weeks. I I really respect your dedication to your craft. Be the best handicapper you have. So we've made it to week four. Yeah, and I know you can handle any of the games. But I thought it would be great to focus on games that include uh, some of the cities that you have famously trashed over the years. Okay, sure. So we're going to start with tomorrow night's game. It's the big game. I don't know for sure that you've trashed Jacksonville, but I mean, odds are you have because it's Jacksonville. So Jacksonville is playing against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's at home favored by seven. Cincinnati's at home, favored by seven. Okay, um, so yeah, Jacksonville is a city that I had a, a a one day job in when I was working for Mad TV when the Super Bowl was there. We went to Media Day, and uh, we shot something in a strip club, uh, a sketch for Mad TV while we were there. And uh, Ike Barinholtz is in the sketch, and the manager comes over with two strippers, and one of them is like, "We just need one to be in the sketch." And one of them is crazy, crazy hot. And the other one is way less mm-hmm. crazy, crazy hot. Like a huge disparity between these two. And the manager's like, go ahead, Ike. Which one do you want in the sketch? And Ike just goes, don't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, luckily someone came over and made the decision for him. So anyway, that was my experience in Jacksonville was like, media day and a strip club somehow, despite the fact that I was there for about nine hours. Um, so you say that Cincinnati is favored by seven. Yep. Uh, I, I will take Jacksonville in this game. I think Jacksonville is going to cover. Okay. Now what we do on here is how confident you are. One, you're not really confident. Five, you already know what the final score is going to be. So somewhere between one and five. I'm a three on this one. I'm, I'm reasonably confident. Okay. Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is going to cover. I don't think they'll, I don't think it'd be like an upset or anything, but I think, I think they'll cover. Okay. Next KC is on the road. They're favored by seven as well. They're at your favorite garbage town of Philadelphia. Okay. KC's favored by seven. Yep. I think this is going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. I think KC is going to win the game by a country mile. So I'm going to take, I'm going to go KC and four, four as, as my, as my confidence level. Out of okay. Five. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, next Indianapolis. By the way, I just went to Philadelphia like two weeks ago and I had a really good time there. Um, I was only there for one day also, but uh, I walked up and down little Italy and went to a cool coffee shop. I got a cheesesteak at midnight. It was all I did. I was like, I want to do the most Philly thing I can do. So I went to a bar in the daytime and uh, drank a yingling and uh, complained about sports. It was awesome. Yingling's really good. Yeah. I like yingling. No, I was happy. I was very, it was a very cool day. Uh, I've got Indianapolis. They're going to Miami. 
Uh, Indianapolis famously is where Matt Kiefer's from. So I assume you just hate Indianapolis. Uh, Miami's favored by two. Miami is favored by two. Yeah, no, my, my, I'm going to have to go with Miami on this one also. Um, you know, we, I like to split the Floridas, really, is what I like to do. Some people like to split aces. Other people like to split eights. Uh, I like to split the Floridas. So even though I know that, you know, Jackson, I said Jackson was going to cover. I think Miami's is Miami's is as much of a lock. Miami by two is as much of a lock as it gets. That's going to be a five from me. Oh, we got our first five star. Excellent. All right. Um, do you do like a multiplier? Like if I, if you get it right and then you multiply by the number of stars, that kind of deal? Only if you win. Yep. Yeah, cool. I like it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to – I want E-Dog to do one because E-Dog's really one of the premier handicappers on the planet. So I'm going to give him the next game if that's okay. You can obviously chime in if you feel strongly. If I have an opinion, sure. Okay. Uh, we've got Arizona Edonk. They're at the LA Rams. Uh, Joe Stapleton's from LA. He's a big Hollywood star, but the Rams are favored by four and a half. Both undefeated teams. Really, really excellent game. I mean, the Rams proved last week that they really have it. I mean, they beat, they beat the uh, defending champs. Um, and, and I think, I think this should just be a layup for L.A. Um, and we're going to go – I think we're going to go – we're going to go four and a half stars on L.A. Okay. Oh, we can do halves. I didn't know about that. Okay. Now you know. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't, you know. That's okay. I, I wouldn't have gone halves anyway. Okay, so yeah. four and a half on the Rams. You're down with that, Joe? Does that sound about right? In the words of Randy Newman – hold on, make sure I get this right. Short people. I, uh, that's other words of Randy Newman, okay. but this one is I love LA. That's how it goes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um I was really hoping you were well, gonna get short people in there. That would be well, did we get a did we get a total on that? Uh fifty four and a half. It's a lot of points. Um under we're just going to sprinkle it. We're just going to go two stars. It's two stars on the under. Okay. Uh, Don't last... you think that's a lot of points, Joe? It does feel like a lot of points. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm going to go over one star. Oh, we're going opposites. I'm going over, but not super confident. All right. You guys are going opposites. The IT department is going to have this. going to be a nightmare, but we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, biggest game Sunday night. Uh, they're doing commercials that involve Adele for uh, Tom Brady going back to New England. The Buccaneers are favored by seven going back to New England. I heard you say some really disparaging things about Boston um, at some point, even though you have some ties there. But uh, Buccaneers by seven over the Patriots. What do you like there? During my time in Boston, I would go to a uh, Red Sox game, Yan- Yankees Red Sox, and they would chant Yankees suck. And then I would go to a Red Sox devil tampa bay game and they would chant yankees suck and then i would go to a boston bruins game and they would chant yankees suck and then i would go to sunday mass and they would chant yankees suck and it was very strange it was very i felt persecuted the time i lived there so what line this up for me again boston yeah the boston new england patriots are getting seven points they're hosting tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers oh my god what a what it's like it's like 
It's like Brady coming ba- coming back to Foxborough. Oh no, it literally is. It is Sorry. just like it. Sorry. Just like um, it. So uh, I'm gonna. Go- God damn it! What do you do here? This is a real Rosemary's Baby type situation, right, guys? Like everyone hates the Patriots, but everyone hates Tom Brady too. What do you do here? This is like a, a serial killer that kills hitchhikers, but a hitchhiker that kills drivers that picks them up. Like, who do you, mm. who's going to win? Ah, mm. I think, I, how can you ever bet against Brady, right? You just can't. You just can't bet against Brady. You got to take Brady. It, it hurts. But you know what hurts less? Being right. You know, being yeah. right about this. Try being right. Try that one. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Brady. Okay. Yeah. Exactly what Matt Kiefer said last week when he lost all his stars. So, okay. Tampa Bay well, minus Brady's 10. never lost twice in a row. <laughs> Ever? <laughs> That's a stat. I don't think so. I can't remember the last time. Of course, I only watched the Super Bowl, so I can't remember the last time he lost two Super Bowls in a row. Probably never happened. Yeah, see? How Stat confident me. How confident are we in Tampa minus seven? I think, you, I get you just fucking four. That's a Brady, big time four for Brady. All right, all right. Um, I give all guests an opportunity to win uh, Fade the Mahoney merchandise. The guest who gets the NFL MVP correct wins the shirt. Um, so there's a few you can't pick. I actually have here from... From your team. Jake Fromm? I think that's a terrible choice, but all right. Oh, no, <laughs> that was a deep pull. Very nice. Uh, um, I have from your team, you were you were looking to go with uh, Matthew Stafford with the Rams. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Rams guy. Stafford, you know, he's uh, he's no Cooper Cup, but, uh, but I'll Holy take him. Holy cow. You do watch our show. He's Amazing. no Cooper He's no Cooper Cup, but I'll take I'll take him. Cooper Cups Cooper Cup is our guy on this show. All right, so we got you down for Matthew Stafford at plus eight hundred. So, uh, we'll, by the uh, way, just to, just to be clear for anyone, I'm not actually wagering any money on these things. This is all for fun, for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, legal. I got legal on it. There, we're good. Um. All right. Uh, that is the that is the bulk of the show. You have been so generous with your time. I have uh, four. You know this pre- fucking guy told me he. You know this fucking guy told me, guys. He said that it was only going to be forty five minutes unless I was good. <laughs> he was. That's what he said. He was like, unless you're really good, we won't go more than forty five minutes. Well, very, fifty six minutes. Very manipulative, Edon. Good job. Very manipulative. Um. <laughs> I'm going to put another uh, link down below proving how much you love your mom from that uh, very funny yes. thing I saw thank on Twitter. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. You love That's your mom so much. A nice so. clip that somehow Poker Stars has not asked me to remove yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, real quick, you what you got plans for what World Series? Are you going out? I don't. You know, I don't. So have you ever um, had a, a feeling associated with a building? Like you walk into a building and you're like, oh, I get the chills from this. Or, oh, mm-hmm. I, I get. So like when you walk in your old high school and you get like a pit in your stomach, that's kind of how I feel walking into the World Series of Poker. I 
love the World Series of Poker and have had and been really had some really awesome opportunities there. But it's it's a hundred percent stress for me when I walk okay. in that building. Um, the last two gigs I worked for them doing those live hits, uh, comedy hits. You just walk in every day and they go, okay, well, we get, you got to do eight or nine of these today and they got to be funny and they got to be under a minute and they got to use professional poker players who don't really have any time and aren't really walking around that much unless they're at a poker table and uh, they can't offend anybody and go. Huh. <laughs> uh, okay. And so when I walk into the building, I feel that pressure again, even though I'm not really doing anything with it. So it's not super high on my list to go there. I'm not saying I won't. Uh, and hopefully what I'm hoping to do is book uh, a comedy gig uh, in Las Vegas during the World Series of Poker because I think I might be able to tell some comedy club. Brad Garrett, if you're listening, uh, like, hey, it's a Wednesday. I can probably bring in, like, I don't know, 40 people, maybe more than that, maybe 100 people. Who knows if we schedule it right. So I'm hoping maybe to just pop in and do some comedy. But no no real poker for me, I don't think. Okay. What about Hustler Casino Live? You watch that at all? Any, any idea if you're going to get there at any point? I have not seen it yet. It looks cool. I, I like Ryan and what uh, his gang are doing. It seems like they got some good stuff. I don't know that I'll be able to appear on it or not, but I would like to. Okay, cool. Um, this is going to be, obviously, we're going to put this on YouTube. Please subscribe, everybody. Uh, started the podcast as well last week so that people who don't want to watch and just want to listen, this will be number four exclusively on Spotify. Is that okay for me to say that, Joe? Spotify? Yes, thank you. Thank okay. you for checking. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. And uh, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. And uh, it's Wednesday, so Raising the Nuts Wednesday. Uh, after oh, you... it turns out Spotify is owned by the same company that owns Paradise Poker. So oh, sorry, okay. guys. We're, I'm just we'll start kidding. over. Let's just start over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sure there's some things I wanted to say that I uh, glossed over, but uh, we are at an hour. This was awesome. Joe, also known as Jason. This was That's great. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. A pleasure, guys. It's a fun <laughs> show. I hope you guys blow up. All right. Uh, I'm going to stop recording if you'd stay on for a second afterwards. You got Say goodbye it. to the people, everybody. Goodbye to the people, everybody. Goodbye.